When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. God bless us, everyone. The Luminaries is back and just in time. A new year and a new you. Can you even imagine? To launch this season right, we're doing the astrology of Diane Keaton. I never saw it coming either, did you? I have recruited very special guest Julia Shiplett to join me. But first, thoughts on The Matrix, Brian Singer, and just like that, M. Night Shyamalan, and trust me, much, much more. Stick around, the journey has just begun. Hello to the children of tomorrow. Welcome to a new season of The Luminaries. I am delighted you are here. Uh, We have a very stacked Capricorn lineup coming up this month, so I'm very happy to be back behind the wheel. I can only describe the last six months as some combination of long covid Uh, somatic PTSD recovery, and um, deep psychic exhaustion, you know. So I'm hoping, no promises, you never know with me, but I'm hoping um, for a more energized and direct uh, saison to come. But I do just want to say, you know, uh, while the pod was on a brief hiatus, I got to read a lot of listeners uh, as, you know, doing private readings. And I truly loved everyone I met and everyone brought such, um, such like delightful curiosity and insight. And I got to learn a lot and I'm just really happy I got to meet all of you. And, you know, I do consider you all part of the world click, uh, as Delight would say. Okay. Um, This episode's a great one. You're going to love Julia. I just wanted to go over a few uh, matters of business with you. Um, First of all, if you hear while I'm talking right now, if you hear any like hardcore meowing, I don't know what to tell you. The cats of uh, Bushwick have been having the ultimate gangbang for the last week. It's not even a full moon or anything. It's just like, I, I don't know. It's it's almost as if while everyone else is being shut in at home, the cats are like, now's our chance. Let's go, um, let's go like pound it hard. Um, the other thing I wanted to say is, look, Ruby and I, Ruby McAllister, who uh, has been on the pod a few times, she's always mind-blowing episodes, and the last time we did Michelle Pfeiffer's Astrology, Ruby and I are teaching a course on tarot, Tuesdays at 8pm this January, and you can register at davidodyssey.com uh, if you go to the readings page. Um, it's it's a four-part class. Ruby and I together, you know... Uh, listen, Saturn and Venus, you know, the, uh, the grand dame and it's, it's Norma Desmond and Mr. DeMille. Um, it's Harriet, the spy in sport. Um, it's, it's mask femme, it's Taurus Leo. It's kind of everything you, you need. And I am excited for the class cause I'm learning quite a lot too. We're doing spreads I've never done before. We're going to be talking about history. There's so much about 
tarot that I'm really excited to be exploring uh, through the class too. So I'm kind of on the ride with you. Okay. So I wanted to give a bit of a catch up about what's been going on. First of all, you know, I'm in a good mood now. Yesterday, I was not. Um, Venus has been in retrograde since December 19th, and I don't know about you, but it has brought me to my knees. Um, I associate Venus and Capricorn with, you know, Capricorn is so much about like public visibility and like traditional ideas of success. And when Venus is in retrograde there, it's like, I just think a lot about what I've learned in sobriety about like manageability and about like the idea of keeping up appearances. And I think about like when I was a child and we'd go to Yom Kippur and Rosh Hashanah services. And if you're not Jewish, you have to understand like Yom Kippur and Rosh Hashanah services was like cotillion every year. And it wasn't really about atonement so much as like, what is this middle-aged Jewish woman wearing to spite her friends? Um, and I don't know. I, I have been having a lot of revelations about my coping mechanisms and about the things that I use to present to the world that I'm okay. And recently that's all been kind of coming down, but it's been coming down. I don't know. I I don't want to say it's all bad because I, I do feel like as these ramparts and walls are falling, I feel this like gentle higher power saying like, it's okay. You know, you can lower these defenses. You're protected now. So I'm dealing with, First of all, I think I'm going to be taking a sober January from fictional realities. What does that mean? I think I need to take a little time away from escaping into the into the Neptunian cinematic um, alternate uh, uh, prisms of perception. You know, I think I just need a little moment to not put myself into some sort of a messianic uh, hero's journey as provided to me by the 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 Pluto and Capricorn industrial complex. The other thing I'm realizing is I can't believe I'm saying this on a podcast. Um, I am coping with the possibility that I am somewhere on the borderline personality spectrum, whatever that means to you um so i'm just dealing with kind of understanding why and where things in the relationship arena have never fully made sense and why i've always felt really confused and like angry um so i'm just kind of making sense of a lot of things um i did go to Tel Aviv uh, for a few weeks. It was, you know, really the, the, I, I swam in the ocean every morning, not in the ocean, in the sea. And I got to reconnect with family and come back into myself a little bit. So that kind of initiated a lot of this. Um, I do want to say, you know, I watched the M. Night Shyamalan film Old on my flight. Um, that is a movie could not be better for an airplane. I loved it. I watched The Green Knight, which was beautiful. And like, Dev Patel, 
what a man, what a man, what a mighty good man. Okay. Um, yes, in Israel, I did watch Stepmom again. Um, Stepmom was a big movie for me when I was a kid. Stepmom is insane. Like, Julia Roberts as... Julia Roberts' like career as a New York photographer in that movie is so wild, but obviously, you know, Jenna Malone, they don't make them like that anymore. One and two, the scene where Julia Roberts, where Jenna Malone, you know, this boy is mean to Jenna Malone at school, and Julia Roberts has a Ralph Lauren model pose as Jenna Malone's boyfriend, her new boyfriend, to spite like her bully, is so fucking sexy and chic and like it just opened a whole new world for me you know i have to say as i've kind of dug into the melissa rich Kate berlant universe i have learned so much more about julia roberts julia roberts scorpionic role you know julia roberts role as as eve at the tree of life or even as lilith uh leaving the garden of eden julia roberts as a vessel for for womanhood and sexuality and not just that you know my roommate my roommate's entire um uh hair hair journey is based on julia roberts and you know my hair journey is based on my roommates where what am i doing with my hair we've gone beyond patrick swayze i'm considering jim morrison my real dream is Billy Idol slash Sting in Dune, but that would involve, you know, losing the curls. So we have to see about that. Anthony Bourdain documentary watched on the plane. Very upsetting. Wow. 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 Talk about, you know, he's a cancer, but you want to talk about a movie that explores the limits of the Sagittarian quest to escape. Wow. Okay. Um, if you want a good podcast about and just like that, I would definitely listen to Melissa Rich's Spotify podcast, Chic NYC. I do want to say, you know, what a show to come out in the final year of Pluto and Capricorn. It is, it is astonishing. Um, it is. I'm enjoying it, but I have to say, like. I do think this show will lead to the re-election of Donald Trump. I'm sorry. And it is deeply bizarre watching these multi-multi-millionaire women on the Upper East Side who don't really work, just kind of, like, hang out with a a non-binary comedian. Okay. Um... And I also kind of feel like Patricia Field is punking everyone. Like some of the outfits, I'm like, what's, what are you doing? Um, Speaking of outfits and of photographers, Julia Roberts, I do want to say Parallel Mothers rocked my world. That is the new Pedro Almodovar movie. Pretty much every scene, everyone is wearing head to toe Mew Mew. It was gorgeous. We want to think about Pedro Almodovar as a Libra. Um, Penelope Cruz is a Taurus, his muse. You know, we're talking about the two signs ruled by Venus. So Libra is able to situate that vision and uh, of, of, uh, visual splendor. Taurus is able to embody it. I mean, it's, you know, you can't go wrong. Um, going through a big TLC revival, crazy, sexy, cool. Okay. I watched Bonnie and Clyde. All right. Um, 
you know, speaking of the Venus retrograde in Capricorn and also Pluto in Capricorn, we have the new article about uh, Brian Singer abusing more twinks uh, and being a total monster. We also got Colton Haynes' piece, which I actually have a lot more respect for him, about how all these gay uh, gay managers and casting agents wanted him to speak in a more straight-sounding uh, voice. Um, so, uh, you know, we're just talking about the Capricornian... Capricorn being the state and Capricorn to me is Hollywood. Capricorn is Los Angeles and is the expectation of how things work. Um, and it's all kind of, it's interesting to see these exhumations happening. Um, we also got that article in the Atlantic last week about the hot, um, Italian dude running this task force that, um, is basically like uncovering all of these antiquities that these museums own that are just like fully stolen from their home countries so you know we're thinking about pluto the grave digger um exhuming and unveiling all these abuses of the state rewatch royal tenenbaums perfect film um really really like big movie for me um as a as a child and i just think it's like Angelica Houston's sexuality in that movie and just sexiness, you can't touch it. And of course, Gwyneth Paltrow is perfect. Um, You know, I I don't even want to get into The Matrix. I would just say if you want to see a better version of The Matrix Resurrections, watch Scream 3 and Scream 4, okay? If you want to see a movie in a movie, watch Scream 3 and Scream 4, okay? They, They perfected it. There's going to be a lot of screen po- uh, content on this podcast and, you know, through the David Odyssey domain. Okay. Insecure was good. Um, I was not crazy. You know, the finale, listen, Insecure is not that much of a groundbreaking. It's a groundbreaking show in some ways. It's a very traditional show in other ways, which is fine. Um, you know, the ending didn't like change anything for me i don't care about lawrence um i'm i i did like that molly's arc in season five was very eighth house if we think about the eighth house as the scorpionic domain the domain of wills inheritance death uh change marriage new roles you know um molly had that season which is by dealing with her parents mortality she was able to grow up um so I did really enjoy that. Um, you know, I had a conversation this last week with Max Witter about um, how we're excited to one day be going out and, and being dancing again, but how we just can't stand, you know, as, as Max called it, the uns uns. And, you know, Jupiter's moving into Aries this summer, uh, just from from May through July. I am just like... And, and Max said this, like, what would it be like to go to a club where they just played Megan? You know, I would really love that. I really, I don't need to dissociate anymore. I am, I'm good. Um, I can go through other dimensions whenever I'd like. I really just want to dance and I want to dance to good music. I come from the Missy Elliott generation. I don't see why I have to suffer through this, this you know, you know, I love Aquarius, but I think having Saturn and Jupiter and Aquarius, it, it's it's too ketamine. It's just too much ketamine, and I just want to dance. You know, as Rihanna says, uh, I just want to dance. I don't really care. Um, anyways, we, 
I hope you enjoy this episode. I think you will. I really enjoyed it. Um, and it's like, we just kind of hit it from the ground. Um, and I will be seeing you next week. The Luminaries Patreon, I think, is actually like fully happening. Um, so, you know, dot, dot, dot. Uh, wait for the retrogrades to be over. Happy, happy new year. Thank you for this last year. Um, and I truly, I, I am really excited that Jupiter's in Pisces. Uh, I think anything's possible again. So, moi, see you on the other side. Welcome to the halls of Capricornia, where only the strong may survive. We are celebrating the archetypes of the season. Um, and to do that, we are starting with number one, um, one of the great Capricorns of our time, Diane Keaton. To do that, I have recruited one of the great Geminis of our time, um, a style visionary, a great intellectual, um, a, a voice in comedy who is much needed, um, and a dear friend, Julia Shiplett. Welcome finally to the Luminaries. Thank you so much, David. I'm so happy to be here. So we are going to be talking about Diane Keaton, um, who long ago you suggested as your person. And I'd just love to know about your journey with Diane Keaton, because I think there's a lot here. <laughs> okay, I truly don't remember saying that, but I do love that I said that. Um, <laughs> well, we must have been talking about style, right? We must yeah. have been. Do you remember the origins of our conversation? We were probably talking about uh, your purchase of clogs. I mean, I, I think we should just, uh, it is, to, in my <laughs> mind, it orbits your your dialogue around clogs and loafers. Um, <laughs> I think you're right. No, I have um, really be began an important clog and loafer mule journey in the past, <laughs> I would say, six years. And the collection is growing. And um, I mean, she has always been, she is the style icon of Hollywood. She yeah. really is. She really is. And I think the older I've gotten, the more I've recognized like how I want to dress. And even though I feel like, you know, our styles are always like changing and evolving. And there's things I would wear now that I maybe wouldn't have worn a few years ago. And there's things a few years ago, I don't know if I would still wear, yeah. but like the base, the foundation is there. And I feel like it, it has always very much been inspired by her. You know, I was at my friend Layla's house the other night and she's rewatching sex in the city from the beginning. And we were just talking about how different the style was in season one. And I was saying, yeah, you know, that and Seinfeld were both airing at the same time. Seinfeld was ending, but still, you know, there's something about that Elaine Bennis and like early Sex in the City kind of woman with chic reading glasses. There's kind of like, there's layering, there's... Um, it's a different kind of sexiness. It's a lot less about like primary colors and um, it's more about this sense of like, I don't even know how to explain it about um, dimensions and layers and like textures and mm -hmm. thickness and volume. And yes. it's a very different sensibility, which I do think, you know, I would, I think you really evoke, like there is this sense of um, discernment and um and subtlety that i think you're very good at playing with and i do think that is a part of i mean diane keaton's style is 
there's a lot to be said, but I do think what she does is play with things that are things that are avant-garde, but not immediately avant-garde. She just makes them avant-garde by like by over accessorizing or pushing too far. How is any of this feeling to you? Absolutely. And I think that they both, um, I think there's a level of, I'm a practical woman mm-hmm. in both of both Elaine and Diane. And just that like, it's like, I'm a woman on the go. I'm wearing a blazer because I feel powerful yet comfortable in a blazer. It might be cold. Um, you know, I'm wearing high waist pants because I, I mean, I look snatched, but I'm still, it's still a little masculine. It's like, yeah. I feel like it plays with, you know, femme and mask in a really cool way. And yes, it's very much about textures and patterns. Sometimes you think these two things shouldn't be together and then, yeah, they should be together. Um, and what I love is that, you know, I don't have, I feel like, um, speaking of just going back to sex in the city, I mean, our friend Melissa is, you know, she is bold colors. She is, she like, I would say I love Melissa's style, but we are very different in that. Like, you know what I mean? It just, it's Melissa's Carrie and I'm sort of Miranda when like a little, not, not fully. And Miranda, Miranda actually had some hot fits, but some of them were very atrocious, but, um, to me, you know, you're actually early Charlotte working at the art gallery wearing reading glasses and like thank you. It's that like yeah. in a button up and like incre- unbelievably snatched, like snatched out of her mind. But like, I'm working, you know. Yes, <laughs> she's working. <laughs> yeah, she's absolutely being productive while she is in that jacket. And <laughs> I think, but what I was going to say is that I don't really wear, um, I like want to wear more color than I do, but I'm not, I will always, I, my base is, is black, white, gray, and a taupe and a beige. And like, that is Diane's whole palette. Like everything she yeah. wears is pretty much that in the past 20 years. And it's still like, it's still with that limited palette. I'm like, you're doing such interesting things here. And that's so cool. Yeah, you're right. I mean, her seminal look in Annie Hall is like, she's wearing khakis and like a men's vest shirt and tie. And it's yeah, like, like a tuxedo oh, vest. Fuck. Yeah, it's right. And she'll do she Yeah, I think you are both very much like if I'm going to do a high waisted denim, it is going to absolutely devastate life on this planet you know (laughs) um yeah i i want to let's start there because diane keaton is a capricorn and let's just talk about kind of capricornian the capricornian vessel capricorn is the sign of survival so capricorn is a it's the first winter sign and its priority is to get through the winter and to make it so capricorn has that practicality capricorn and cancer are located on the gender axis so capricorn is masculine father cancer is feminine mother so capricorn is often playing with gender and capricorn is you know you think about fka twigs i think of fka twig style as dealing with this very like primordial lilith in the desert like you know i am woman i am being put in a hut because i'm menstruating like let me survive diane keaton's to me is this reflection 
I think of her generation, which, you know, she is from this very boring California um, upbringing that Woody Allen satirizes in Annie Hall directly. And a lot of what she does, I think, is play with this kind of like hard American, all American sensibility, and she pushes it to these extremes. So I think there is this playoff of these she is to me like the consummate american actress she's born in 1946 she's in the me generation which we'll talk about um you know diane keaton is in the neptune in libra generation we think about libra as the sign of like beauty and presentability and like the ultimate goals in life which are like marriage and having a nice house she has neptune the planet of um dreams delusion delirium there so you know there's just this aspect of that that generation is 1942 to 1957 you know it's very much this generation born right after world war ii into this kind of fantasy of the happy american family and there's something about her style and her sensibility i think that kind of is that you know she's playing she's not rebelling she is a capricorn so she's saying i work within the system but i'm going to like torpedo the system from within in some ways or i'm gonna satirize the system from within how does that feel i like that yeah i like that Mm -hmm. i will say though i think she well keep going i don't want to interrupt no 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 please that's why that's why that's why we hired you julia (laughs) that's why you pay me the big bucks i (laughs) Um, but I do think, I think a lot of that is, is very true. Something that I didn't know actually until recently though, was I, you know, I was like, has she been married? She has never been married. She has no, she has two adopted children that she adopted much later in life though, which I'm just like that to me, like that's sort of what I see for myself, honestly, as someone who doesn't really give a shit about marriage but um, but she's also she's been this romantic leading lady in so many things. And so I actually I, I hear that participation in the system, but I do feel like she rebels against it in her own way. And I don't know, I, I, I feel like that, too, with my career as well. Yeah. Um, thank you for raising all of that, because. This is an interesting conversation to have because, you know, you and I are born with Saturn and Cap. We're born with three planets in Capricorn, Neptune, Saturn, and Uranus, which is to say you and I are really born into a generation of late, late, late capitalism. And we are born into this kind of Pugian matrix where it's like we are so in the system and we are learning to rebel and inflect and subvert but we're not really there's so much about the way we operate in the world like as children of late capitalism that it's really hard for us to like fuck the man like i'm moving to a commune like it's not really that like we have Mm -hmm. to kind of fuck with it from the inside and comment on it from the inside and i do think you know as a capricorn and a venus in capricorn diane keaton does have some of that where it's like yeah she can be this leading lady and be non-traditional she can be you know there's a lot going on where it's like i don't think of her as i don't think of her as like patty smith but i also think diane keaton is more effective than patty smith because diane (laughs) keaton is like 
I am this bitch. I'm never getting plastic surgery and I'm going to be in an, in five Nancy Myers movies. So I think mm-hmm. that's like a really interesting dialogue, you know? Yes. Yes, totally. And what I was saying was only um, in addition and in support of what you were saying, not, yeah, absolutely. I agree. Julie, I mean, I would love for you to disagree with me at any point because I think, <laughs> you know, uh, friction and impact uh, are what drives life forward. So um, yeah, I don't want to live a frictionless so right. existence and I don't think I don't you either. do either. Okay, fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um I do want to say, you know, and and your point about the single motherhood I'm about to come back to, because I think that's pretty significant. You know, I wanted to establish a few more generational things with her. Sorry, you're not even seeing her chart. I'm so sorry, Julia. Let me just share her chart with you. Um, Honey, you know I wouldn't understand it. Okay, well, at least you can see me uh, moving the mouse around. So, But I I do want to watch, yeah. Yeah, Diane Keaton is in the Pluto and Leo generation. So Julia and I are in the Pluto and Scorpio generation, which is to say Pluto, the destroyer and creator. When Julia and I were born was in Scorpio. So Julia and I are in a generation that deals a lot with abuses of power, gaslighting, uh, hidden secrets, et cetera, et cetera. Hello. Okay. Mm. Um, And a lot of like sexuality shit. Okay. Diane Keaton is born in the Pluto in Leo generation, which is to say this is the generation 1939 through 1958. We would think of this definitely. She is born in the very first year of America's baby boom. And I describe the Pluto and Leo generation as what was called in the 70s, the me generation. So in the 70s, this generation really was made fun of because they were so they were thought of as narcissistically into self-improvement and self-help, et cetera, et cetera. Um, You know, she is a part of that. I like that she's obviously in the movie called Baby Boom, but there is this thing that Diane, I think, represents is she is, I would describe her as maybe the first neurotic movie star. Ooh, I, I love think, that. Right? I, I, I don't want to make a huge generalization, but I think if you think of the great screen starlets, they what they give is not really this form of neurosis. And I think what what sealed the deal for her and what got her her Academy Award in Annie Hall is she is and the character of Annie Hall is me generation. You know, the character of Annie Hall is so not able to locate herself. She's like, you know, she has the analyst and she's so scattered. And I think Diane Keaton was able to embody that. So I wanted to point that out. Um, I also wanted to just say, incidentally, Pluto in 2023 is moving into Aquarius. So we are going to be having, I think we're going to be going through another downfall of another me generation, which is the current me generation, which is, you know, the like, I am my brand uh, technology infrastructure bullshit, you know, that that mm-hmm. we have, have come to know and understand. Okay. So is that um, Gen Z? Is that or is that a different time period? I think the whole. Hmm, I think it's kind of everyone. Like Pluto, when Pluto enters Aquarius, it's like everyone goes through this purge, and there's this sense of like, you know, that that we're talking about Pluto and Leo, Leo and Aquarius. It's this binary of like. Leo is the face, Aquarius is the movement, Leo is the self, Aquarius is the collective. And when Pluto goes into this collective Mm -hmm. sign, I think there's yet another reckoning of like, how 
how far up your ass have you gone and when are you going to be like drop back onto the human populace um if that makes sense wow okay yeah sorry i'm jumping around a lot no i love it i'm bringing all this up because this pluto and this neptune are in a supportive kite formation where they all feed into her moon in aquarius this is kind of, to me, the starring protagonist of Diane Keaton's chart. Diane Keaton has a moon in Aquarius. As Luminaries listeners know, who else has a moon in Aquarius? Princess Diana and Britney Spears. Um, I think of Aquarius as the revolutionary, as the futurist. And the moon is your inner life. It's your where you get a sense of security. And, and you know, I was saying with Diana and Britney Spears, even the smallest actions, you know, Princess Diana would wear an outfit and it would like rock the world. You know, it's these small moments that aren't really um, so declaratory that end up shifting the consciousness. And we're seeing that obviously with Britney. Everything Britney's going through is reverberating in a big way. Diane Keaton's Aquarius Moon to me is the epicenter of this idea of I'm an original, I can only be myself. And the way that I, her Aquarius moon is in her third house of self-expression. You know, there's just this sense of her mannerisms, her behavior being a mirror. You know, the moon reflects the light of all these other planets. The moon was thought in traditional astrology, these other planets, when the moon impacted them, the moon would reflect what they were shining. The moon is taking these generational ideas and Diane is basically reflecting them, but also kind of pitching them forward a little. So her gender presentation, her public neurosis, her behavior, her mannerisms, her style, take what she came out of and kind of like fuck it up a little, throw it forward a little. How is that feeling? Yeah, I love that. You know, I can't read this chart, but seeing it makes me feel like I do. <laughs> whatever you see is true, too, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, like, whatever, whatever's coming up to you is, is, is right. Um, yeah, I, I, I guess I want to talk a little bit about how that has played out. Um, I do think, you know, Annie Hall was filmed during her first Saturn return. Um, and Annie Hall to me is very, I think there's something about that, that Aquarius moon, you know, my dad can't stand Diane Keaton. He thinks she is so like, he really, yeah, he's like, why is she like that? You know what I mean? Like, why is she like that? And there is something about the Annie Hall character where it's like, you can almost feel this this unraveling going on and this sense of like, and, and she's always had that. I think all of her best roles are her kind of vibrating a little bit, like- Yes. Like vibrating off screen and stuff. So, like she's vibrating too too fast for the movie to keep up, you know? I, I okay, your dad would hate me. I think- <laughs> I feel like when I watch her, I am reminded how charming a neurotic woman can be. Yeah. Because I, she is neurotic. She's a spaz. Um, yeah. She's unraveling in pretty much every, every movie she's in. She's never fully 
steady but it's like she's so lovable in everything she does like how could you ever not root for Diane Keaton and I um I find that and I don't think I'm actually like her but as a neurotic very anxious woman I would still like to be all those wonderful charming things about her while I'm still spinning out and hope people see me that way so I think that like I don't know. I aspired to be like so many of her characters. You know what I'm discovering about myself lately, Julian? I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. You know, I have, I'm starting to realize that I'm really attracted to like neurotic men. Um, (laughs) There's like, I find, I find myself like a little turned on because I'm like, oh, you're like vibrating at, you're, you're like, you're a little incandescent because you're like so much mm-hmm. and it's like kind of dazzling. It can be dazzling. And I found myself, I'm like, oh, this actually can kind of turn me on. So maybe ironically, I will end up back with another Jewish man. You know what I mean? I would love that for you. I okay. I feel like we haven't, we haven't had a proper like catch up about that part of our lives lately. So I don't yeah. know who is um you know there, orbiting your no head one. right there's now there's absolutely no one but yes okay <laughs> but <laughs> i think you know based on conversations i've heard between you and drew sometimes you do you you are attracted to a a simple happy gentile at times that doesn't seem to have these neuroses that i i, I feel like we all deeply do Actually, that's interesting because, you know, Drew and I always, this is so dark and Drew and I are about to sound so evil, but we've talked about (laughs) often, like when Drew and I have sometimes dated like corn fed, you know, gorgeous Iowa wasps, they are often seduced by that Jewish thing of like, sure. why can't you sit still? Because to them it's exciting. And I'm actually starting to understand that too. And I, you know, you look at the men that Diane Keaton has bagged, you know what I mean? We're talking Warren Beatty, we're Woody Warren Allen, Beatty. we're talking Al Pacino, but you know, I think there's been some others, by the way. Um, oh yeah, I think yeah, I, I, there may have been a Jeremy Irons moment. I need to look into that, but you know, war, there's this thing with Warren Beatty where I'm like, oh, Warren Beatty wants to be a freak, so when he's with <laughs> Diane Keaton, he's like, oh, she's really gonna you know, show me what it's like to be, to not be perfect, you know? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But the thing is she, as neurotic as she is, I also feel like she has, and maybe it's because I literally just watched it today as I sent you a photo. She has some, like, you know, something's got to give Jack Nicholson energy in a way in real life where I'm like, Honey, I think that you have been a player for the past 50 years. You no yeah. one can no one can keep you down. You're having fun and I'm sure she's had many young suitors and I, you know, so to have that level of spontaneous chaotic energy while being neurotic and, you know, feeling the need for control are like two seemingly dueling energies that I do think she both has. And I love that. Well, I'm really thankful that you brought that up because I actually think those dueling energies can be really nicely summed up in the Capricorn archetype. 
Capricorn yeah. is so much about power. Capricorn is all about authority and someone has power and, you know, world conquests and domination. And a lot of Capricorns piss me off because they, it's like, there's this thing where a lot of Capricorns can act kind of meek or can act like, I'm twee, I'm a loser. I mean, I don't want to bash this person any more than I already have, but like Zoe Deschanel is a Capricorn. Like, let's just say it here, people. <laughs> and Zoe, I celebrate you as a person, but your artistic persona as the twee girl, that's a Capricorn thing, which is like, okay, who's kind of playing who here? And like, this is really about like, well, I'm not going to be like, I'm not going to be tough like my parents, like I'm offbeat, you know, but Diane Keaton, I think, does this really great duality with that, where it's like, she's not losing sight of what these power dynamics are, and she knows what beauty is. She's not a total freak or a lunatic. She knows what looks good. She knows how to fucking nail it and slam it, but she's also grown up under this hyper conservative reality um you, you know in her memoir she talks about how her dad would read those books like the power of positive thinking and all that stuff and she she's grown up out of it and she's kind of like elbowing at the edges of it and kind of like pushing at the at the cage walls you know okay should i read her memoir i haven't okay julia can i just say something when I was in my early 20s and I lived in Los Angeles, just let me take you on this journey. Um, I had a grape colored Jeep. I was extremely lonely. I used to go out dancing alone pretty much every night. And um, part of the process of going out in Los Angeles is parking. So I would usually be at like midnight finding fucking parking to go to some gay oh, party where God. no one would look at me. Anyways, uh, I drove a lot and I took out Diane Keaton's memoir from the library um and i you will remember this time julia i saved the computers to my to my i saved the cd roms of the memoir the audiobook um to my itunes so that i could listen to it on my ipod Amazing. Um, and i would listen to that memoir over and over it is so fucking incredible um wow because she is annie hall like she is just like yeah, I guess I grew up in California and me, we made a lot of collages. Okay, like she's really like, she has these incredible life experiences, but she's kind of like on the ride in this really interesting way. Um, and it's very emotional because it's all about her mother. Um, so yeah, I highly recommend it. And I want to listen to it in audio form now. I wouldn't even thought of that. I don't do that enough. It, that's the thing that the audiobook, you know, my top audiobooks, I would definitely say Diane Keaton then again. And you gotta give Angelica Houston credit where she's where it's due because that audiobook fucking banger. You know what I mean? Um but we digress. So yeah, I do think that the Capricorn, it's like and you know, Diane Keaton is Venus in Capricorn. Venus in Capricorn really wants to secure the bag. Venus in Capricorn likes having nice things, likes having pretty men, like, you know, there is this relationship with tradition that I think is really interesting. And I, the Venus and Capricorn to me and this Neptune and Libra do make her kind of the ultimate Nancy Myers heroine because mm -hmm. 
Nancy Myers is so materialistic. Um, mm-hmm. And that, but seeing Diane Keaton as this authentic woman in this materialistic fantasy does click with that generation really strongly. You know, that movie was a moment and that was her second Saturn return, but yeah. Wait, which movie? Uh, Something's Gotta Give, sorry. Oh, yes. Yeah. I mean, but my God, I mean, that beach house, you know, you know, my visions for (laughs) my ranch in the, in the desert with the dogs. It it speaks to me so much. I mean, I would have decorated differently, but my God, I want that. Yeah. And like, there is this thing with Diane Keaton where it's like, yeah, Keanu Reeves is hot. Like, that's a great screen partner. Put me with him. I'm game. You know, like. Oh my God. He is, I forgot. He is so hot. He is so hot. Yeah. um, It's insane. Have you seen My Private Idaho? Yes, I have. A long time ago. Years ago. But I have. Okay. I watched it during quarantine for the first time and I was like. Oh, so he's breathtaking. Like, yeah, I know. You can see when he came out, I was like, oh, so he's literally like the whole world just fell to its knees when when that movie came out. Like, you can just tell, you know? Yes, I know. Oh, God, God. And they yeah. had amazing chemistry, honestly. I was like, they did. I want to watch you have sex. I would love to watch you have sex. Um, um, they did. And, you know, Diane Keaton has Taurus in her seventh house of intimate partnership. Jack Nicholson's a Taurus. So that actually is a nice fit too. Diane Keaton is a Scorpio rising. Um, mm. so I do want to say like for her, she has an interesting relationship, I think. And this is probably a lot of her allure to men. Scorpio is that truth teller. She has Lilith in Scorpio, which Julia and I and I do as well, I think. Um, she has Lilith in Scorpio. There is I'm this moon. truth. Uh, yes, and you Scorpio. are Scorpio moon as well. Um, thank you for sharing that and disclosing that. Um, <laughs> Scorpio is a truth teller. Scorpio is here to reveal that which is ugly and that which has been buried. And Scorpio is this sign of sexuality and intensity and connection. And I think that for Scorpio moon or Scorpio rising, you know, there is this thing of like sex and love and romance are portals to a deeper truth. And there's something with her Lilith in Scorpio and her Scorpio ascendant where I'm like, you know, Justin Bieber just filmed that music video with her. It must be really profound. I'm, you know, I'm inferring a lot, but Justin Bieber, who exists in a world of very manufactured femininity, let's just say that, um, to encounter someone with Diane Keaton, who's just like, I'm old, I'm horny, I've never gotten plastic surgery, like, I, I am sexual. I think that's probably really revelatory and I'm sure it was for Keanu Reeves and like, I'm sure for Warren Beatty, even it was really exciting too, you know? Totally. Okay. Also, can, what do you know about that music video? How did it come to be? I, um, (laughs) I mean, she's so herself in it. Like this is, I know (laughs) just standing at the kitchen sobbing. 
Like, I was like, this is every movie you've ever been in. I've seen you do this. Uh, yeah, I was like, I was, whenever I'm in Israel, all I do is watch MTV Europe because it's only music videos. Like, it's how MTV used to be. And I just saw that uh, two weeks ago and I was like, what's, <laughs> like, what's going on, right? You, you know what I mean? Like, where am I? Um, you know, the thing with, I will say, the thing about Al Pacino and her is this. Al Pacino is a freak and Al Pacino looks crazy lately. Like Al Pacino, as he's gotten older, just looks crazier. And obviously when Al Pacino played Phil Spector, it's like the perfect role for him because he's basically playing a drag queen. <laughs> and I do think like Diane Keaton and Al Pacino now would be iconic together because they're yeah. both freaks. But I actually think like, Diane Keaton's Jupiter and Neptune in Libra, her Capricorn Venus, she really likes beautiful things and beautiful men. And I mm -hmm. think she's just gonna perennially be after like the hot young piece, which I also think is so like iconic. It's like this horny bitch is like after Justin Bieber. You know what I mean? Absolutely, despite playing his mom, his grieving mother. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Right. And it's like, you know, if we want to talk about the Capricorn survivor archetype, like she has outlived and outlasted all of these men that she was dating back in their time. Like she, I feel like she is still chic and relevant where it's like Warren Beatty and Woody Allen are kind of like, they look like root vegetables at this point, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. No, just some sort of, dehydrated squash but <laughs> I mean I feel like she it wouldn't I mean Keanu's a taken man now but it wouldn't shock there is a universe where I'm like I could see modern Diane and modern Keanu together yeah. dating and I would be like that is so hot to me god that's so hot yeah yeah um look Diane Keaton the Capricorn and Libra I do want to say like it's tough. I have read some of Diane Keaton's other books, including her book on interior design. Let me tell oh. you, um, they can't all be winners. Diane Keaton has a book. Um, hold on. I'm trying to remember this, but this is, you will die when I, this, okay. Diane Keaton obviously has her book then again, which is about her mother, one of my favorites. Her follow-up book, let's just say it wasn't pretty is a book about <laughs> it's a book about beauty um and it's like one of the worst things i've ever read in my life it's like diane keaton talking about like women she thinks are pretty and there's a part where she's like and jessica alba your hair is beautiful like it has no it's very much like me asking my mother who she thinks is pretty and my mom being like gaga doubt she's gorgeous and i'm like okay that's a book it's like i that's what know, i was gonna say how is this a book it's how is this an really, entire book it's really one of the more bizarre things i've ever experienced and that's when diane keaton it's <laughs> like all right so you're a, a capricorn with venus and capricorn your libra jupiter your libra your libra neptune like you are subverting this but you are also like you know, you're still in the matrix, baby. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it sounds a little, 
and this goes back to the gender it's I mean, and Nora Ephron is a very talented, wonderful writer, but it, it, a book on beauty about Jessica Alba's hair. I mean, there's <laughs> that, that's, there's Nora Ephron in there a little bit too. You I know? agree. I agree. And Nancy um, Myers. I mean, it, it is women of that generation. Um, I found this quote from Nancy Myers where she goes, quote, Diane is the most self-deprecating person alive. <laughs> I love that. I love that cohort of like Carrie Fisher, Meg Ryan, and Nora Ephron had lunch. Carrie said this about Nora. I'm like, that is the peak for me, you know? I agree. Um, I, agree. I don't know if you read this, but Carrie Fisher one time found this. Um, I think it's a, a village in Canada. No, it's a village in Newfoundland called Dildo. And she made Meg Ryan go with her just so they could take pictures by Welcome to Dildo. Like, okay. <laughs> uh, I mean, who, who who are those girls now? We need those girls. I want to be one of those girls. I think you might be that girl. Um, and I think we might, you know, that's why we need you. We need you on the front line. Um, so Julia, let's talk about some of your favorite Diane Keaton performances and roles and movies. Okay. I mean, I think... I haven't seen Annie Hall, honestly, in at least five years. Because yeah, you are you watch a lot of movies again and again, don't you? You're con yeah. You uh, I'm a shut in, but yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, I think that is certainly up there. I also, I think, and wait, you don't though, because you're a Gemini. You don't really need to rewatch stuff, do you? You're good. I kind of don't. I mean, it's yeah, not that I. You're good. Um. No, I actually wish that I did because I feel like I wish that I could grasp the detail that like people who almost obsessively reread or rewatch things have because it's like there's so much you miss first times, mm. you know, you are yeah. like left with the big impression that makes you feel a lot. But then there's like the nitty gritty stuff. I wish I'm like, yeah. well, I should revisit that. But I always am like, but there's so much I haven't seen. So I should watch. I'm a generalist, Good. I suppose. Which is um, better for a Gemini. Like, I'd rather you expand and conquer than consolidate and collect. I'm a Taurus. You know, we can consolidate and collect, but. I want to be more consolidating and collecting now. Okay, baby. That can be. 2022. <laughs> we'll see. But <laughs> um, I think that she is so, I mean, the thing is, she is a great comedic actress. Like, she is yeah. so funny. She is yeah. so funny. I think First Wives Club is such a funny I, I movie. Gotta I mean, say, yeah. And she's just I out of the three women, they're all so funny. I think they're all very funny in different ways. She's maybe the most like straight man character in that. Um also I love how like Bed Mittler is at, like everyone treats her like she's a cow in that movie. And I'm like, <laughs> this is the most normal, like very still attractive middle-aged person and it's just like un i don't know it just blew my mind the but, scene um, of her going to eat alone and the waiter like sees her and he takes away the second set of like silverware and the second glass and everyone in the restaurant is just staring at like, her and it's like yeah okay that's that's that apparently that's um, that that's that i think she's i think first wives is one of the great comedies like i will i think it is 
they truly don't make them like that. You know, God forbid Judd Apatow could take some notes from that movie of like, this is how you write dialogue. Like, this is how you write a joke. Um, and I do think that's a great Capricorn performance because her character in First Wives, I think, is so funny because her whole thing is like, my life is perfect and I'm keeping it together. And like, she's a lunatic, you know? It's so yeah. Capricornian of like, she has Marsha Gay Harden as her therapist. Again, we're going back to me generation stuff. She has Marsha Gay Harden as her like affirmative therapist. And then she has the husbands from Seventh Heaven and it's like, they're Yuck. fucking each other. And Diane Keaton is like, unraveling and the whole thing with the capricorn is like you need to lose control you need to be a freak like stop trying to hold it all together um and her character does kind of go through that journey and, and you know i think when they're falling down that um so when funny. they're falling she is the window thing yeah her hair and her face you're looking <laughs> at her and you're just like it, it's she's just shrieking you know she sobs shrieks and squeals like no other like i'm like right. you are so funny like you do it in such a funny it is hilarious just the montage of her sobbing and yes. um something's gotta give just sobbing everywhere she goes at the keyboard hilarious at the keyboard in bed at the beach in the kitchen just everywhere it's just so funny it's she's so funny um <laughs> Can I be honest? I Go feel off. I haven't I haven't seen like the very recent last few year flicks of hers. I think that's okay. I haven't seen most of them either. I haven't seen Book Club, which I feel like I should because I'd probably really enjoy it. You, it looks fun. It's I would like it. It's fun. It is truly, um, it is truly like when you when the alzheimer's has taken a turn and the family just puts you in a home that is the movie that's playing like it is <laughs> so deeply you know when you're on an airplane and you put a movie on and you fall asleep and then you come back in halfway through the movie and you're like okay i didn't miss anything it is the ultimate movie for that of like right. do i need to be a conscious human being or can i be a jellyfish and watch this and understand this plot you know but yeah. it is fun it looks um, fun. And Palms, yeah. that's another movie. Have you, that's like a new one. I haven't seen Palms. I haven't seen that one either. But you know, I just, I, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, 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 please. I have never seen the Godfather films. Um, I've seen the first two, but that was 12 years ago. And to be honest, eh, I don't need to see it again. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. you know, Al Pacino is a Taurus, so she does well with Taurians. Uh, I will say she is a Scorpio rising, and that makes sense. Scorpio rising is going to be seeking a Taurian energy. Uh, Scorpio, uh, as I would say, Scorpio is the Dionysian. Taurus is the Apollonian. So there is this sense of I'm looking for this this shape. I'm looking for this this cohesive entity that I can kind of direct my sexual chaos into. Um, mm -hmm. I think Family Stone is, you know, that's one of my favorite movies. And that is the realization, I think, of Capricorn. You know, Family Stone, that performance is very different. She's extremely real. She's extremely present. 
and she's not really insecure she's actually like very strong and actually has to like relinquish power in a little bit of a way that to me is kind of the other side of capricorn you know if you think of the two sides of capricorn we have first wives and then we have family stone family stone is like i'm i'm in charge here i'm running this show and i have to grapple with relinquishing that control you know mm-hmm. very scorpio I- too I wanted to rewatch it recently because, you know, holidays and people, people were, there's a lot of online discourse about it recently. And I was like, I need to rewatch it because again, I haven't seen it in years and you can't get it free anywhere. You have to rent it places. And I was like, this is, but I will revisit. I mean, same with father of the bride. I love, I love those movies when I was young, but I don't, I kind of, to be honest, I don't have a super clear memory of her character in it. No, me neither. Yeah, I I know she had bangs and glasses. You know, Julia, you know what I saw during quarantine that rocked my fucking world? Um, Have you seen Crimes of the Heart? No, I don't think I have. Okay. This is this like Southern drama based on a play. And in it, Sissy Spacek, Diane Keaton, and Jessica Lange are sisters. And Diane Keaton tries to do like a Georgia accent, which is, you know, I would just say Diane Keaton's Aquarianism does not really equate with doing accent work. You know what I mean? (laughs) You you want someone with strong Aquarian placements, like, we're just going to start rolling and you be yourself. You don't really want to put constraints on them. You know what I mean? so Diane Keaton's accent work, unlike Sissy Spacek and Jessica Lange do Southern accents and you're like, I believe it. I'm completely with you. Take me wherever you need. Diane Keaton, it's a failure, but she's still great in that movie. But it is this really interesting point for her where she's still kind of playing a young woman. In the mid 80s, we see during Diane Keaton's Uranus Return, Uranus Return is your 40s. It's when you kind of go through this radical period of reclamation. Uh, Diane Keaton then did Baby Boom. And I think Baby Boom established her as I am now a woman who is not pretending to be 25. And I am going to just be my age and be this bitch. And you all need to face that, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Should I watch Crimes of the Heart? Would you recommend? That? I I highly, highly recommend Crimes of the Heart. Um, okay. It's like really beautiful and really sexy and I kind of never wanted it to end. And it's also really, really funny. Um, and she's great in it. Um, I mean, she's terrible at not being herself, but being herself, she's great in it. Um, okay. Julia, what other what else would you you know what else would you like to leave our 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 listenership with about about diane keaton about style about cinema sensibility being a working woman uh you know (laughs) the need for reading glasses in a woman's life etc i oh gosh well this is something we haven't touched on i think in 2022 you know i have been debating whether or not to get lasik for a long time now and I have a feeling that you would not necessarily recommend it. And I, 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 I hear that. And I don't think I'm ready to do it. 
But I, I will say something I've been thinking a lot about lately, and I do think Diane uh, is partial is partially responsible for this. Is I want to get tinted reading like just tinted oh glasses God. that I can wear every day. Um, I'm thinking oh like a like a yellow, um, maybe maybe a blue, but I'm thinking yellow. And so I just think everyone in 2022, if there's something you have been thinking about, what if I try this on? What if I just see what that's like for me? Just fucking do it. Just do it. Whether it be, I mean, few people can pull off a a bowler's hat, but you know, if it's that or a big belt, or if it's huge jeans, if it's, you know, we haven't even talked about houndstooth, but, or. Oh, I have a lot to say. What do you have to say? Well, first of all, I just want to say, you know, Julia, I think that the bringing back tinted glasses, you know, after the 2019, we're bringing back tiny matrix sunglasses. In 2022, you were like, hey, Dazed Magazine, I'm doing tinted glasses. If you were to take us back that that far, what a coup. Um, Honey, I'll try. It would be so hot and so, so, so chic. And yeah, I want to say, listen, babe, I got LASIK and I got Accutane. So we're talking about- You got LASIK? Yeah, I got LASIK and it changed my life forever. Suddenly men wanted to have sex with me, incidentally. Um, (gasps) But I also want to say that's not because of glasses. It's because I used to have these huge Rachel Maddow glasses that no one on earth found attractive. (laughs) So I think glasses themselves are very sexy. I think I was not doing myself any favors, but yeah. Okay. Um, I got LASIK and Accutane. So I just want to say, yeah, I am a part of the Saturn and Capricorn generation. I'm not that much of a rebel, you know? Um, I gave in, <laughs> okay? Let me tell you something about Houndstooth, okay? It is February 2014th. I am at the Miley Cyrus Bangers Tour in Los Angeles, California at the Staples Center. I am wearing a recreation of Miley Cyrus Teddy Bear costume from the We Can't Stop video and the MTV VMA's performance, which we all remember was a very provocative moment in culture. I left the concert to go to the Wetzel Pretzel for a refreshment. Who do (laughs) I see walking into the stadium? Diane Keaton, head to toe. And when I say head, I mean, she is wearing a beret and a suit, 100% houndstooth. Oh she is there, God. and I don't want to say what I'm about to say, but she is there on what is most certainly a date with Sarah Paulson. There is no reason that Diane Keaton and Sarah Paulson are together other than the idea that maybe Holland Taylor and Diane Keaton are, are, sharing, Shara, uh, are sharing Sarah. I don't know. She is there with Sarah Paulson. Diane Keaton makes eye contact with me, and I lock eyes with her. She motions for me to come to her because we both admire each other's looks. I start walking over in that same moment, the masses, you know, the human, the uh, the throngs of the suffering humanity spot her and start crowding around her. We lost our moment, but I did spot that woman in a head to toe houndstooth. Were you not going to tell this story earlier? I mean, way to bury the lead, David. That's I, a, I literally forgot it. That was a visual it. storytelling. <laughs> that was gorgeous. That's wild. Oh, yeah, God damn. It was meant to be. I mean, 
Yeah. Those stupid people. I know, That's, but you know, she's what I love is like obviously her teen daughter at the time, Duke, no, Dexter, was like, We're going to the Miley show. And she was like, Oh, I'll bring Sarah. Ha <laughs> ha. You know, so um a moment, a style moment. Unreal. I love that. Yeah. Um Okay, Julia, do you have any parting thoughts you want to leave the community with? Um, I mean, I, I think I was I was trying to just before I think I, I was saying it too um it was too roundabout, but I just I think in the new year, you I think we should all just um take chances, take risks. Um you know, uh, even if you accept that you are working within the system, figure out ways to um, torpedo inside. Yes, yes, uh, absolutely, absolutely fuck it up. Um, my darling Julia, you know, just in case anyone who's listening to this podcast uh, doesn't already know where to turn to you for um, inspiration, guidance and vision, where can people follow you and your work? Oh, you can find me at Julia Shiplet on everything. God, can you imagine? She just made that so easy for you. Um, <laughs> okay. Julia, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for joining the Luminaries. You are uh, highly valued and much adored. Oh, it was an honor. Love you, David. The Luminaries is recorded with love in New York City. If you've enjoyed this show, please subscribe, share, rate, review, and etc. If you would like a tarot or astrology reading with me, David Odyssey, you can go to davidodyssey.com or follow me on Instagram, david underscore odyssey. And of course, be sure to read my nylon column and tell everyone you know about the luminaries. I am excited for whatever the hell is coming next. Let's do it together. Mwah.